Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? Doing really well. Today is a big, big day. It is update day, and we got a fun one. Today we are breaking down the Evolution Collection event, as well as sharing our top five impactful changes to Apex Legends. Before we do that, though, we want to make sure you join our Discord to chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. The community over there rocks. In fact, we are having a Discord Apex coin giveaway made possible by a current Predator member of our Patreon and Discord member, Corey Des. To enter, join our Discord, check out the announcement channel, and react to the giveaway. That's it. Super easy and free to enter. Link for our Discord is in our bio. Hopefully we see you all over there soon. 4,000 Apex coins. So definitely worth giving Mm -hmm. a shot, I think. If you don't want to stay, no harm, no foul, but (laughs) definitely participate. Next announcement is a big one as well. It's a birthday. Believe it or not, September 18th is both of our 23rd birthdays. To celebrate, (laughs) we will be live on Twitch September 19th for an IRL co-stream, showing off my new apartment, hanging out, answering questions, eating some pizza with all the bits donations you've generously given, and unboxing some Apex presents. So. We'd love to see you there at 12 p.m. PST noon this Sunday, September 19th on Twitch. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited to see the place. I'm expecting big things. I hope we got very pro set up there with all tons of Apex decorations throughout the living room. Obviously, Solar the Apex <laughs> Kitty will be making an appearance. Definitely <laughs> will try to impress. <laughs> with that, though, let's just dive straight into it and let's talk about the collection event and the town takeover that came with it big mod which looked it up mod is indian for mighty in battle which is really cool obviously we think of rampart as very mighty in battle with her lmgs and i what do we want in sheila i guess that's just as dominant as ever right now which we'll be talking about later but let's talk a little bit about this town takeover you enter big mod you have Rampart's Custom Shop, which is a giant tank. You know, what else would you expect, essentially, from that? That's that's the key. Located near Lava City in World's Edge, what were your first impressions of this POI getting to drop in? It's really cool. It's huge. I feel like Rampart is extremely wealthy to be able to afford <laughs> such a vehicle. Um, I'm glad that business is booming for her. Um, but this is... Probably without a doubt, my favorite town takeover to date. It looks absolutely amazing. I think that in terms, like we were talking about it versus uh, Mirage Voyage, just kind of like the vehicles that have been the town takeovers. And you were right. This thing is massive and it is expensive. And I think it's going to be really exciting to continue to play on, especially where it's located in the map is in a pretty cool spot that is... I think another reason to incentivize people to try out that area. Inside the shop, though, you can use collected materials to purchase Rampart's custom modded paintball weapons from the Vendit machines. Do you want to walk us through what that kind of looks like currently? It's pretty cool. So essentially, 
at the POI, there's three crafting material canisters. So there's a total of 75 materials that are easily accessible. And then obviously supply bins where you can get extra. But these vending machines, you can just purchase weapons outright. You don't have to craft it or do any time consuming thing. You just buy it. Boom, it's there. Pick it up. And Mm -hmm. they have really amazing weapons like gold, purple, fully kitted options. But there's also blue weapons. So early on, you can kind of go there and get a decent weapon. But the bonus thing is all of the weapons that you craft will A, have paintballs in them, which is just an Mm -hmm. aesthetic, nice, fun thing. But they're also better. So they have about an extra magazine uh, on the clip size. And so I got a gold prowler and instead of 35, it had 40 rounds in the mag. That's killer because I hear that and I'm like, okay, that gives you a really strong reason. Like they kind of mentioned in the patch notes to want to rotate their mid to late game. But also that's something where in pro play where every bullet counts, you could see this being a very valuable drop for whatever team gets to claim it and a very valuable rotate in that mid to late game. I mean, get 40 in the prowler with some of these pros and they'll be able to do some serious damage. I'm excited to see how that unfolds in the future of esports for Apex. It's really cool for sure. And just the pricing for like a gold prowler was 100 materials. So that's going to take a bit of time. Could be a mid-game rotation. But Mm -hmm. again, those earlier ones, the blue ones, you can get a blue RE45 for about 30. And it's always changing. So every game there's different weapons in there. So you can't really bank on the fact that you're going to get this or that. But it works and it's really, really cool. What were your thoughts on kind of what they called the spill-off location and the the paintball course, essentially, that's outside? I know we've always wanted to go paintballing even more since we started playing BR and uh, having that 60-person paintball match would be great. Did this give you a little taste of that? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's really cool. It's a great look, and I think that the balance of the POI, how large it is, it really works. Um, and then the lore that's sprinkled throughout it is pretty cool. Totally. We have Lifeline's band has posters around. And then this villain big sister is definitely prominent on the outskirts of the POI. And hopefully over the next couple of weeks and months, we learn more about that. We'll continue to dive into the stuff, especially the lore as we learn more about it. It's really cool bringing in a POI like this that seems like it can handle multiple teams off drop and be a, a really valuable piece. I mean, if your bail-off spots Lava City, that's pretty good because that was a very popular drop for a lot of people. Let's talk about Rampart Arena's takeover though now. So here's the patch notes. Rampart has slipped into the arenas and is offering modded weapons at a special discount. These markdown modded weapons replace their base version for the match, making lower tiers of that weapon unavailable. Her special deals update frequently, so be sure to check what's available in your match and plan accordingly. It was really interesting hopping into game and not being able to buy the base version of this gun. Like that was kind of, I think the first impression was a little weird. Do we want to talk about how ironic it is that they cheapened the L-Star in this patch notes and then the L-Star was one of the first gold guns that made it very easy to buy round two and later and absolutely shred with? Yeah, I mean, the rotation of these fully kitted, cheaper versions of weapons is pretty cool. I I, I was kind of underselling kind of how cool this takeover would be. But Mm -hmm. I think bigger than the discount, perhaps, is the fact that these weapons are gold. So they have gold magazines, which in arenas, 
can really make the difference. And the only way you could get that before is through the care package, which is, of course, a huge risk. And the gold weapon's going to come later on in the round. So I think introducing gold mags at a discount is a pretty cool takeover for arenas. It really pushes people to use these guns, though. So far in the matches I've played, every single person on my team has bought one of these, and every single person on the opposing team that has died dropped one of these. So whether that's good or bad, you are pushing people to use a certain collection of weapons, which is going to be really interesting to see how it unfolds and see if it gets people to maybe try new things, which is always exciting in in modes like this that emphasize new guns. Let's talk cosmetics, okay? With the collection event, we always get a new group of skins along with an heirloom for Rampart that is the problem solver, the pipe wrench complete with a gumball dispenser. Is this the one that you're going to buy? It's quite <laughs> cool, Shay. I, you know, I'm addicted to gum like yep. Rampart, so mm-hmm. I really like that. I think the inspects are really cool on this one. You know, I don't know if I can shell out the big bucks for it, but Maybe this weekend we get lucky and roll an heirloom or something. I did I did the math, okay? I did the math. And based off the crafting, I'm working with 120 bucks for the whole collection event and heirloom. So it, it'll be considered until the time it's up. We'll see. We'll Maybe see if I pull that birthday trigger. birthday money. You know, we'll do it. <laughs> we will see. Do you have any favorite skins, though, from the event in general? Honestly, I like the Rampart skin. And mm-hmm. I think that the matching Rampage skin is quite cool. I, I kind of like being yeah. all color coordinated. It's a good combo for sure. I, I know the R301 skin is one that people are talking about is a little underwhelming in terms of like overall design. But I got to say, I love the colors. I'm a Lakers fan, purple and gold for life. So that's going to be one that I'll probably end up grabbing either way. And that Pathfinder skin is amazing. With that, though. Let's talk about some legend changes that came in this patch. We got some really, really cool ones. And let's start off with the big one in Rampart. Here's the changes. Rampart will now be able to run around with Sheila out and shoot while walking. The spin-up is longer and she only gets one magazine in this mode. Once Sheila is out, you can put it away and pull it back out until you run out of ammo or you hit that cooldown time. And at any point, you can still place Sheila down for teammates to use. Once placed, it has infinite reloads. Reloads, if used mobile, are instant and acts just like the previous version. You cannot pick it back up. Note from the devs, okay? A legend based solely on a defensive position is hard to get right in Apex Legends. We think Rampart has a place as the ultimate defensive legend, but we wanted to give her a little more ability to be reactive and push with her team. As usual, we'll be watching to see how this plays out and we'll adjust accordingly. This was a really interesting note because from our previous conversation with Daniel Klein, we talked about the Rampart wall changes as being part of that reactive switch. And so now we're getting the ultimate in that reactive mode as well. And we're starting to really get to a point where you're really changing the pacing and use of her kit, just kind of in general. Totally. I I view this change as a rework, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think that Rampart is now incredibly different in how you play her and in what situation you're going to be using the ultimate. First thing is, this now means that Sheila is usable in arenas. And on top of that, they increased the price by 100. So it used to be Mm -hmm. 300 materials, now it's four. I I think you can use it in arenas, but larger than that, this is a huge buff for Sheila. I, I think that 
not only does it make it so that she can be even more reactive, but this is the highest DPS gun in the game. And it has a massive magazine size. Allowing Rampart to use this while sliding and crouching and jumping and strafing at the same speed while ADSing as any other LMG means she can really pack a serious punch up close in a fight on the go. I think about situations where she can just bust down doors so quickly with this and fry people. This is huge. I mean, this is a change that takes the ultimate from one that is used situationally to you will probably use it in most fights, even if it is just the starting engage or imagine your team gets hit kind of hard, you guys run away, you pop this thing and turn around and charge it up and pre-fire a corner. And like you said, highest DPS gun in the game, it's going to shred unlike anything else and really change fights for the better or for worse, depending on if you're using this gun or not. And indoors, I could see this thing also just being an absolute menace as well. I'm excited to see how this ends up playing out for people. I know we've been Rampart fans for a while, so we've kind of been wanting something to push people to play her. Uh, and this seems like it's going to do that job for sure. I think it certainly might because, you know, like you said, I really like Rampart. I play her for the passive and the tactical. Mm-hmm. Now that ultimate is really effective in all game modes. And, you know, I think that it's dangerous because. I don't think this change is going to push Rampart above Gibraltar or above Caustic. Mm-hmm. But that being said, if you start to have something that is maybe oppressive as a mechanic, you might get the Caustic treatment from the devs. And so I'm a bit worried about, despite pick rate, this being a big move that will rock the boat a little bit on the balance side. But it's really cool. And the fact that you can pull it out move with it very quickly, put it back away in order to essentially have three weapons. That means ammo conservation. Mm -hmm. And then when you do place it down, it auto reloads. So you could fire an entire clip, put it down, hop on it and fire a whole nother clip. And so it, it's got a lot of power. It's got a lot of power. And then you start to think about it with other abilities. It's going to be frustrating when you get octane padded on lmg that's absolutely shredding like it's going to be interesting one to monitor that is for sure i think it's going to make all our rampart mains out there happy it's going to make the third party hosts a little happier when we play her until we die from sheila and then it'll be quite frustrating obviously let's talk some more changes though we got revenant with a vfx change similar to the pulse on loba's ult placement added to increase the visibility for when a totem is placed nearby that's the wording in the patch notes. I think you and I both went into the firing range, looked at this, and we're like, I'm not sure if this is exactly like Loba-esque in terms of visual, but it is something, and it might have some sort of effect on the readability of playing against a rev. Yeah. From our initial reactions and testing, it's very small. It, it mm-hmm. is kind of faint lines, not a whole lot of color to it, not nearly the same sound as a Loba Black Market has. I don't know. I think it's a nice attempt, but why not do the full mm-hmm. huge Loba like explosion when when she uses her ult? Like, does the Revenant Death Totem have to be somewhat stealthy, or can it be widely known? Because 
I think that would help uh, counter the frustration just because it can be so surprising. Yeah, the sound's already so loud. So it's like the effect wouldn't be that crazy to couple that with. I'm really excited to play some games though and see how this plays out. We got some octane changes. They reduced the jump pad horizontal distance by 10 to 15%. They reduced the rate of octane stim regen from 1.5 to 1.0 hit point heal points a second. Okay, here we go. The number one legend in the meta. Finally getting some changes. Is this going to change anything? What That's the big question, I think, when we see this one. Does this take octane from top, top tier, number one pick right in the game? to anything lower than that no (laughs) this is incredibly incredibly small i mean the change to his ultimate which in our eyes is the most powerful ultimate in the game yep is completely unnoticed and the passive yeah you know that's kind of impactful Mm -hmm. a little bit in some situations when he's coming out of the ring and having to get his health back but honestly you're still going to be able to use multiple tacticals and it's mm-hmm. the tactical and the ultimate that really scream Octane's power. I'm not discounting the passive at all. I like this is a 33% nerf to mm-hmm. its its regenerate. That is something, but that's not really where the focus of the power is. And when he talk about reducing the horizontal distance on the jump pad, he still has double jump folks so it's like this really isn't a a nerf at all that pad is so good man you could take away the tactical in the past and people would still play octane at this point like that pad is something else and yeah to go immediately into game use the pad and like there's a difference in the data and the actual use of it but it's not one you feel really as the player. And with that, I think that you're going to get the lack of change probably in the meta uh, per se, which good or bad thing, probably up for debate uh, and one we can revisit at a later date. Last legend change though of the patch. We got a little bloodhound thing, small quality of life change. When bloodhound pings a clue from their passive, it will now show their teammates in quick chat how long ago the event took place really nice little readability thing because we have i mean when was the last time you used the passive and was like oh yeah i really understand now what we're doing (laughs) it's tough because i don't even know if i would recommend pinging the clues ever i would Mm kind of just use the ping wheel and say enemies have been here all the time regardless it seems kind of distracting to to actually ping the clues but i guess this is nice and maybe for some of the niche uh, ones that they can ping out, it, it could be useful like when ultimates have been used and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I really only ping if it's like urgent, like if it's sub 20 seconds and we need to really let people know that people are nearby, but it wasn't even worth it and it's still, this doesn't make it like, oh yeah, I'll be pinging every single hint I see along the way. I mean, that might even get frustrating from a visual perspective with some people. Before we get into the weapons, here's a word from our sponsors. We are super excited to thank this week's sponsor of the show, Manscaped, the number one provider of grooming products for men. I've been using Manscaped for years now, and to have them as a sponsor is absolutely fantastic as they keep it clean and keep it fresh. 
I was psyched that Manscaped sent us over some of their premium products to try out, including their Lawnmower 4.0. It's the best of the best, and it has a 4000 Kelvin LED spotlight and skin safe technology to help you avoid those nicks when you're shaving those sensitive areas. It's really nice to avoid those nicks in the sensitive areas, so thank you, Manscaped. The 4.0 is wireless and comes with a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. I gotta say, it's so sleek, you might even have to put this bad boy on display in your bathroom. I need to throw in as well, do not sleep on their boxers. They're incredible, and oh my goodness, I think I'll be buying more pairs soon. The boxers are wildly comfy. The best part about all of this, though, is that Manscaped is providing our listeners with a discount. Use the code THIRDPARTY at checkout to get 20% off plus free shipping. Keep yourself groomed, third-partiers. That is code THIRDPARTY at checkout. Let's dive into the weapons now. Walk us through them, HB. I know you're the weapons guy out here. Is there anything that, uh, that really stood out for you right now? There's a couple changes this patch. The first one being the Bosec Compound Bow. We love bow changes out here. Yeah, a little bit of a change here. We have the draw speed slightly being reduced from 0.56 to 0.54. Very, very marginal. I was testing out the bow a little bit. still seems like it's a decent actual draw speed. Um, Mm -hmm. This one is so small, it's going to be hard to feel at all. Outside of that, they changed a lot about how the arrows work in inventory. The first thing being arrows per brick has been increased from 14 to 16. And then arrows per inventory slack increased from 28 to 32. Um, This was something that early on in season nine, they were kind of tweaking with. It seems like we've maybe found a happy medium now. Um, Mm -hmm. Honestly, I feel like the bow is just a a non-factor for me. I'm not using the bow. I really like actual weapons with magazines, even though the bow is so unique and really fun to use. And that that's what it is. It's unique and fun to use. I enjoy the bow so much, but if I'm playing ranked or like really want to kind of get that win, I guess I'm picking up the R301 and I'm rocking with that and something else currently. I would love for the bow to find a great space to really shine again. And I think you and I are both probably leaning towards care packages, maybe that route. We'll see if that comes full, but, uh, the bow is definitely in a weird spot, but this is just some nice little things, I guess, to give it some quality of life and a little bit more fun to use. Totally. And then there were changes to the shatter caps. And as far as what they did for the bow, they increased the damage per pellet across all draw strengths. So that's kind of confusing to pull apart as a numbers mm-hmm. guy exactly what that impact is. But essentially, they increased the per pellet damage by two within three separate draw strengths, short, medium, and full. So now the per pellet damage is 6, 9, and 12 at the top end. This is a tough one because will this be felt? Are people using the bow as a shotgun? Even though the shatter cap may be powerful on paper, it is really hard to actually make the switch and to be confident getting up in somebody's face with the bow out. So the actual application of this, I think is still up in the air. To switch and draw. I think mm-hmm. that's really the tough combo. Like, yeah. I think people would be able to understand like a, a switch and sh- point and shoot essentially, like you hip fire it, but doesn't do enough damage to justify using it in that way. And so you have to draw it. And at that point you're getting so much time being spent that it's like, 
well, I'm probably just carrying a different gun that's better for this situation that I might as well swap to instead. So yeah, I'm not sure where the shatter caps are sitting right now with the bow as anything uh, super special per se. Um, I would love to see the shatter caps though actually really rise to the cream of the crop. It would be really fun. We saw what kind of that triple take shotgun performance did. It's kind of cool and it doesn't have to be incredibly oppressive, I think. Yeah, I mean, these marksmen's having the ability to have close range damage is something that is a really cool feature. You know, the opposite of the anvil essentially is mm -hmm. what the shatter cap should be. And that sounds pretty cool on paper. It really does. And in in the 3030, which we'll talk about here in a second, and the bow are two guns that are, I would say, pretty far from being in the meta right now. And so. You know, giving them love with this route would be an effective tool to make them more used and probably still not get to that OP power level that I think some of the guns they're competing against are maybe at in consideration. Yeah, the changes to the 3030 with the shatter caps is quite strange, I think, because it's it, just the tiniest, tiniest nudge and it's so specific in how they did the change that. It's a little weird. The first one being the ADS strafe speed has been increased to the shotgun strafe speed while shatter caps are enabled. I do feel that a lot. Yeah, but that's a very specific case as well because you have to remember that you are going to be ADSing. All mm -hmm. guns, you move while hip firing the same speed. So actually aiming down sights with a 3030 with the shatter caps enabled is now the same as a shotgun. <laughs> very nuanced and then the yeah. second one is also a unique way to actually look at damage on the 3030 and it's the charged pellet damage multiplier has been increased from 35 percent to 50 percent so that means <laughs> that without charging it up you're just hip firing the 3030 in the shatter cap mode it's still going to do the 56 damage if you charge it up mm -hmm. it's going to do 84 which is a big shot, but that's only a seven damage increase from 77 before. So really this 15% increase on the multiplier on a per pellet basis is very small, but let's talk about maybe using this weapon more. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. Here's what the devs had to say about this. They said when shatter caps work, they feel amazing, but currently it can feel a little punishing to swap into mode. Increasing the damage potential and improving the qual the CQC flow of the 3030 should help shatters feel a little more accessible and rewarding. So I think the, the purpose is essentially we want people to actually use this purple hop-up that's on the ground. With these changes, should you, is the question. I will say, when Henry and I went into the firing range to test this out on the 3030 specifically, the 56 kind of surprised us. I think we might have potentially overlooked this as a as a powerful tool in game. And I don't think you're going to be charging it quite often. You might get one charge shot off. You might lead with a charge shot or you might if you're running away, you might round the corner, ADS, charge it, position yourself, but you're not going to shoot repeated charge shots. And that's kind of tough because then at what point you're not really changing the shots to kill between your charged and your uncharged at that rate. And so it's an interesting use case. I think revisiting it 
I'll probably maybe try a little bit more and we'll see if it starts making a difference in my gameplay. But like I said earlier, I'm still probably going to prefer whatever my secondary is. Yeah, I think that I can pretty easily say you should use this because 56 damage without charging, just using the shatter caps on the 3030 as a shotgun is incredibly Mm -hmm. close to the Eva that does 63 when you hit all the pellets of the body. Only difference is the 3030 has a maximum magazine size of 12 and the Eva has a max of eight. And so mm-hmm. they both have a shots to kill at purple armor of four, but the 3030 is much more, uh, you know, lenient on how many shots you have to hit. But that being said, I think you should use it. But I think that even though in an ideal space, it would be really awesome if the Octane and the Wraith mains who like the shotguns because it's really favors their kit, it would mm-hmm. be great if they had long range abilities by using the 3030 to do poke damage, to keep distance on people, to actually have something to do uh, when you have high ground. Mm -hmm. I don't think those players are actually going to capitalize on this weapon as being able to replace a shotgun and give them marksmen as well. I just don't think it's going to happen. But should it? Yeah, it sounds really awesome. It's also one of those tough ones for those kinds of players in terms of looting pattern. It's yeah. it's like that devotion in which you need to find the turbocharger first. You need to find the shatter caps first because if your playstyle is that wraith and the octane to get up real close and personal, you need that kind of really close range gun, which for a lot of people is a shotgun. You can't carry a thirty thirty waiting for a shatter caps to replace that. And so like, while I think, yes, it's a good point that you should use it if you have it, and potentially it's a really strong route to go, it's still a tough situation where you need to find your shatter caps and then you got to use inventory space to wait for the 3030 to come along as well, which makes it kind of a tough combo. I mean, random question, would you feel like the gun was broken if it had shatter caps built into it at all? I don't know. I think that it may happen in the future. Mm -hmm. I think that these hop-ups that go on the bow definitely have a high chance of being built in or rotated out in some way. Um, The the thing about it is, yeah, I agree. You need a purple hop-up in order to use it as a shotgun. Mm -hmm. I am one of the shotgun players that I only use a shotgun if I have a purple bolt. Totally. Maybe it's similar. I'm not saying that everybody that likes a shotgun isn't using it until they get the bolt, but purple shotgun bolt is really, really impactful. So maybe it's the same. I don't know. I I agree. I don't think this is actually going to rise up and dominate the shotgun meta. It shouldn't, but it's a really good option if you want the versatility and also have a full auto option. It's really strong. This is a nice one. Keep your eyes on the replicator. If Shattercaps goes in there, have some fun with it maybe. You know, experiment around with it. See if it's something you want to prioritize for yourself in the future. Next, we have the Hemlock. And they reduce the hip fire spread and the hip fire resets slightly faster. And here's what the devs said about it. The Hemlock's hip fire effectiveness was reduced a few seasons ago. And since then, the weapon has seen a steady decline in use. Bringing back some of that hipfire strength, but not all, should help the weapon feel more consistent in close quarters without being dominant or affecting its medium range excellence. 
This is first impressions, so obviously things are subject to change, but I think you and I are both in agreement. It, this wasn't anything that felt overwhelming, like, oh, the hemlock's back. You know, I feel comfortable using it in close range again. I let you joked with me like, I could already fry with the hemlock hip fire in the firing range yep. when they're not moving. So it's going to take some time and reps and playing with it and experimenting with it, I think, for players to feel like if there is a difference that'll make them use the weapon. But at least for me personally, right now, the hemlock's just not in a place where I want to use it over other guns and like look at the 3030 with shatter caps that's a lot of versatility right there that i think if you're putting those head to head i'm probably gonna pick my 3030 yeah especially because the 3030 has that long range high damage potential the hemlock totally. just doesn't work for me at all anymore and i i can't get it to work in any situation that being <laughs> said you're taking a so risk with the burst you know you can hit the headshots mm-hmm. you can do some massive damage like i'm not saying the the hemlock is bad. And with the boosted loader, this thing is really good. It doesn't really yeah. work for me. I'm not feeling these changes. I think they're very marginal, but hopefully it's a little bit of a second nudge this season to bring the hemlock up a little bit in the AR class. Single fire, I will say. If you're going to use yeah. it right now and you're struggling on the burst, use the single fire. It's still very good. We've probably been saying single fire hemlock since we started the podcast a long, long time ago, and it still reigns true. Yeah, long time coming. (laughs) Next, there's a change to the L-Star. Did a couple things here. First one being cool off time slightly increased and the overheat lens replacement time slightly increased. These are very slight, not a whole lot of actual in-game application on these changes, the L-Star is so unique. It doesn't really have a reload traditional. Mm-hmm. Its tactical reload is just the cool off time in between your bursts and anything outside of that, if you overheat it as a full reload, kind of unchanged here. It still operates exactly the same. There wasn't a drastic feel on it. It no. wasn't like we were in the fire range like, oh my gosh, there's such a long wait in between burst fires. Or my, yeah. Oh my goodness, the overall time to reamp is so long like just didn't feel different yeah so it's probably going to keep with the same use case because of that and then they hit the rounds before overheat um across all extended mag tiers including the base by two so now you can fire only 20 rounds at base compared to the 22 before overheating all the way up to 26 at purple or gold compared to 28 This is a change in the Mm -hmm. past. You know, we have maybe mistakenly just pushed over small changes like this. And in effect, they were actually Mm -hmm. kind of impactful. Yeah. This one, it looks small to me. To some, I can see it definitely looking large. You know, you're taking away two bullets potentially. But number one, the nature of the weapon is you're going to be feathering the trigger Hopefully you're not Mm -hmm. overheating a whole lot. And the fact that this season they increased it to a maximum of 28, now 26, when it used to be 21. So with any extended mag, the L-Star is still getting buffed from previous seasons when last season it was quite good. I I already like I hopped in. I used it because it's a thousand for the gold setup Mm -hmm. right now with the town with the takeover. And I had one of my best arenas games I've ever had. And so I was like, okay, gun feels great still. Feather that trigger. You don't even have to worry about some of these timings and 
reloading, all that kind of fun stuff. It's a really unique weapon and it's got an interesting spot in the meta. Let's hear what the devs had to say. They said, we're nudging down the L-Star's core stats a bit to smooth out the power progression in what we think is a slightly more healthy top end. We'll keep a close eye on the L-Star and its recoil as we enter the second half of Emergence. In arenas, we are well aware of its prevalence in high-level lobbies and are pricing it out of the first round. These changes essentially increase the blue cost by 50 and keep the purple price the same. If its pick rate remains unchanged, we will hotfix further adjustments. Interesting change. I think you and I are both, we, we were joking because we're like, you and I, we struggle somewhat with the L-Star when it's like very base level common. And we were getting fried by it in round one. So At for our personal games. Specifically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For our personal games, this is a level up for us. And I think in general, it's going to keep people happy just because it's such a hard gun to control. And we talk about this all the time with a gun like the Wingman. You get fried by this gun. You go to use it, and then you don't have success, and that's frustrating. And that's kind of what the L-Star is, especially at those long ranges in arenas. And so keeping it out of the first round hopefully removes some of that frustration, and the gun is still very usable, though, in general, if it's your mid-to-late game gun that you want to rock with. Totally. I think that even though these changes are kind of small, and some people think that the L-Star meta is the worst thing that ever happened to Apex, I appreciate that. They don't really want to nerf it into the ground and completely remove mm-hmm. it. You know, they it's clear based on these changes that they still want it to be an option in arenas, like all yeah. the weapons. Um, but I have to agree with you, Shay. Taking it out of the first round is going to feel really nice because the first round in arenas is really the most skillful, the most difficult, mm-hmm. and it's felt a little bit cheap to have three L stars go up against you in that first round. So I'm excited about this. But the L star is weird. It really yeah. is. Like it's so weird. It's going to be hard to balance no matter what. It has the high damage per shot. It's an LMG, but in terms of the accuracy requirement, if you just hold down the trigger, it's the same as an AR. You know, it doesn't have mm-hmm. the the low to upper twenties accuracy requirement that other LMGs have. And then the crazy muzzle flash make it not mm-hmm. as approachable as any other weapon in the game. Almost so the L star is really tough and is. Getting close to our list of weapons that have gone a huge journey and have transformed immensely over time. <laughs> this gun has transformed immensely from its first introduction. Man, I remember how hyped we were during that trailer just to see a gun break down a door mm-hmm. to where it is now. Like, oh, this is a weird one. No doubt about it. Like you said, though, I'm just excited to, in the higher levels of ranked lobbies, not have people feel like, I have to run an L-Star. That's, I think, a situation you don't want people to be in, and that's what people were feeling for a while. Next, we had some changes to both the EVA 8 and the Mozambique. They hit the headshot damage multiplier and reduced it from 1.5 times to 1.25 times, bringing it in line with the Peacekeeper and the Mastiff. This is what the dev said. Mm-hmm. The EVA 8 holds a lot of power in its speed and leniency compared to its counterparts, the PK and the Mastiff. It's got the edge with fire rate and consistency, so we're shaving off some of its spike damage to even the playing field. We are normalizing the Mozambique as well for consistency within the shotgun class and to give the P2020 some space as the more, as the more precise early game weapon. 
The Mozambique meadow was fun while it lasted. It was a great run. It had some time to shine, coming all the way from bottom of the barrel joke to people actually saying, man, this gun might be better than the PK. Does this actually make a difference, though? I honestly think it might still be up there. I mean, this is mm-hmm. very specific. Only looking at headshot damage multiplier yeah. on a per pellet basis. A lot of these changes on this patch are so specific that I question whether or not they'll be you know, noticed at all. This note about, well, the EVA 8 is good at everything. So we're going to counter one tiny little niche thing about it to quote unquote, even the playing field mm-hmm. doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think if it has the edge on fire rate, consistency, damage, clip size, then maybe we should look at one of those instead of attacking yeah. the headshot multiplier slightly. But I loved it when you read it out. Like, it's like, this is, it's so much better at this, this, yeah. this, and this, but let's not change any of those. I think it's a bit <laughs> comical. That, that being said, I love the Eva. Been a fan totally. of the Eva for the longest mm-hmm. time. And honestly, I, I think that this is okay that it's not getting super crazy. We have a really cool shotgun meta mm-hmm. and I'm cool with it. The Mastiff needs some love, but outside of that, we're in a pretty healthy space, if you ask me. Yeah. I really want the Mastiff to get some love because the collection event skin for the Mastiff is top tier. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I want an excuse to really use that thing consistently right now. So please buff that just a little bit. Finally, we have the most random change of the collection <laughs> attacking the triple take uh, with a buff in the care package. Buffing a care package weapon is quite It unique. wasn't strong enough. Yeah, I really doubt it, but they hit the ADS charge time and decreased it from one second to 0.8 seconds, meaning you can just fire faster, charge it Mm -hmm. faster, get the choke more consistent, more damage. I'm not sure it needed, but it got it. I never used the triple take and was like, man, I just wish this thing charged up and shot faster. Like... That's what it's missing. It's, and it's so going to be really strong. powerful. Yeah. It it's charges so, so fast already, but now it's even faster, 20% faster on the charge. Up. It's, I think this gun is shaping up to be one of those like, wow, people are kind of forgetting about it because it's been in the care package. It's not always talked about as like a strong weapon in the care package. Like of all the ones there right now, this is probably the one people will pass on. And so I could see us seeing this gun come back to the ground with some changes but probably very little changes having half a season where it doesn't perform super well and then people just remembering it exists and absolutely having it dominate the meta once again Uh, that's my bold prediction for the triple takes future right now you heard it here first it's an interesting one because if the triple take comes back it's not going to take sniper ammo it's going to take Mm -hmm. energy ammo because it's classified as a marksman so we're looking at Mm -hmm. if and when it does come back it's going to be fully reworked because it's going to take energy mags. It's going to take like, it's going to be really different. Won't be Plus able to we have, have the leaked rumors of the energy AR, mm-hmm. like a burst energy AR. And so we could have a full on energy meta. We'd have to redo our energy story uh, show. We really would. <laughs> Let's wrap it up though and talk quality of life stuff. They shorten the out of bound timer from 30 seconds to 15 your timer should be reset after being respawned. This is actually an interesting change because 
when Val got introduced to the game, we talked about how Respawn tended to point towards them wanting to avoid people playing in unplayable areas. But this was a legend that allowed you to do so directly. And then we had Octane's buff as well come and allowed people to double jump to some crazy places. And we saw in the ALGS specifically, people really working a 30 second out of bound timer when possible. I think this 15 seconds is probably a change that might actually be felt for some people at some levels. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I I think for the most part, people don't abuse this and they don't really interact with this a whole lot. But I'm shocked that it's taken this long to have something like this introduced because 30 seconds to be out of bounds and off the map, out of playable space is incredibly long. So cutting that in half, I think is completely appropriate. We also had a change swapping from red to a gold shield with more health no longer requires a long press. Talked about a little bit in detail last week. This is a really cool little quality of life change. I think so many people have just been asking for for a very long time. Love to see it. And Evo Shields in death boxes now show their health. Is this something you've been uh, like, is this one that, you know, you were like, oh, that, I like that. That sounds really good. It's cool. I mean, it kind of allows you to make a little bit better choices faster in terms of you can hover over something in a death box and see, you know, how much it has for the next Evo, how many hit points are on it. Um, but this kind of just makes it clearer in the UI, have more information faster. And so I think in the heat of the moment, this is really nice. Okay, let's wrap the show up now and answer some five-star questions. We got some really fun ones today. First one's coming from Valkyrie101. This pod is amazing and really helps with the game of Apex. I started playing a bit ago on Switch, and I have a bit of a weird aim to get every legend. I'm a Valk man. I also like Crypto and Loba. My question is one. If you could make any weapon and decide all the things about it without making it too overpowered, what would you do? And two, if you could upgrade the firing range, what would you do? Love what you're doing with the pod and reckon you should keep doing it. By the way, sorry for the super long comment, but I just wanted to make a good review for my favorite podcast. Hey, that's not a very long comment in relation to some of the other ones we've gotten. Appreciate the love, Valkyrie. Uh, keep grinding, Apex. Yeah, thank you so much. First question's hard. Honestly, I think one of the reasons Tough. that we both love this game is the weapons are so good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I were to take one of my favorite weapons and change everything about it, it might not be my favorite anymore. It's tough. I don't know. Do you have any ideas? I The first thing I thought of was, and it's not really exactly what they're saying, but we talked about earlier, is was I'd love to see the bow go back to powerful state, combine all the stuff into its kit and put it in the care package. I think it just fits that bill of a unique, powerful gun that would be fun to use in those situations because I want to use it so bad, but I just, I can't, I can't bring myself to give it for it to be my best chance at winning right now. Yeah. I think if there was something that I could do that was a bit spicy, but also a bit realistic is bring back the select fire on the prowler and put it on the Havoc as well, mm. and combine oh. the Select Fire's abilities with the Double Tap's abilities. So you could put the Select oh. Fire on the Havoc, Prowler, G7, and Eva. That'd be cool. I'd be curious what to see what the changes to the Eva would be if they brought back Double Tap, because yeah. obviously they gave it a little bit of, the rate of change fire when it guy, left yeah. away. So 
we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, for the second question, though, if you could upgrade the firing range, what would you do? Um, one, I love King's Canyon. I would change some of the colors in the firing range from the sandy uh, vibe that we've had. It's been there for a while. I'd love to have some nice greenery and some blue skies options, Olympus, World's Edge vibe, and make it so you can shoot firing range dummies that are moving without having to go through a very long process to activate that kind of little sneaky thing. Yeah, I would I would expand the firing range and add buildings to it. Pretty Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. simply. I think having one story building, a three story building, a two story building, not all of them, but I think it would make a a really fun addition to the 1v1s that you can do and just kind of testing out legends and how they work interior. Uh, as opposed to just in the great outdoors. Yeah, it'd be nice to also maybe get like some controls so you could like, it, it's kind of like private custom stuff where it'd be like, oh, press this button to instantly get your ult mm-hmm. and stuff so we can experiment. Press this to add an AI Bangalore of this difficulty to fight against you yeah. and maybe expand the player count that could jump into firing range. So you could do like some, 2v2s or 3v3s and have some fun in that way. Yeah, there's clearly a lot we could do. I think. We could do a lot with the fire range. Great question, yep. Valkyrie. Next question coming from Damn Jan. Hello, guys. Love the pod. I want to support your podcast. So how do I find the Patreon? Wow. Great question. Great question. Oh my gosh, do we have options? Link in this uh, podcast that you're listening to right now. There's a big one that says, want to support us on Patreon? Click here. Instagram bio. Discord, Twitter bio. Am I missing anything? Where else can they find the Patreon? DM us directly on. I was going to say text Henry. Yeah. Don't worry about it. That's very generous. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate it. Next question from Yes, it's Bippo. Hey guys, just found your podcast a couple of weeks ago when I started Apex. I'm a Fortnite player and I'm loving Apex right now. I love to play Valk for her mobility as I am an up in your face kind of player. My questions are. What would you recommend I carry in my loadout with a blue pack and how do I gain an upper edge in ranked arenas and BR as I'm struggling to place well on ranked, but I'm amazing at pubs. Thanks again. I really love the podcast. I'm sort of addicted and thanks for all the awesome tips. Great question. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's a lot packed into there. Love the Valk mains. You know, I think her kit is extraordinary. So I'm glad She's to so hear fun. that. Um, this is a really hard question. We have released an episode on kind of what you should carry, inventory, what to prioritize, things like that, um, mm-hmm. in an episode called Five Ways to Improve. Yeah, something along those something lines, along yes, I that. believe so. And we really kind of tried to break down exactly what the priorities should be on what you should loot when. But honestly, such a great pointed question like this and a blue pack, it is too much to do because... I don't know what weapons you may have yep. uh, in terms of it's a shotgun or if it's two light guns. Um, and then honestly, depending on how far along you are in the game, you're going to be dropping med kits. You're going to be dropping mm-hmm. syringes for batteries. You may like, it's a really tough question. Honestly, I think the best thing is try not to carry more than three stacks of ammo per weapon. Try to have mm-hmm. at least two batteries, eight, cells outside of that try your best to carry as many nades as possible but being Mm -hmm. up close and personal maybe that's not the best for you it's a hard question 
it's tough. There's so many variables that go into it. In terms of gaining that upper edge in ranked arenas and BRs, um, I will say, like Henry mentioned, we have a lot of episodes pointed directly towards improving and ranked. Uh, feel free to go check those out. Go back. A lot of them are really still relevant and valuable. But I'm getting the vibe that you're an up-in-your-face kind of player doing great in pubs, dominating, playing fast. And with that comes a lack of success in ranked modes. You're going to need to slow it down a little bit. Take an early fight and then maybe grab that beacon that we all love. Go rotate to the zone. Don't get all up in your face on everyone in every fight when you're playing ranked. And then the advice that we're going to tell everyone, it's hard to hear, especially if you're playing solo. Find some teammates. Play with them consistently. It's a big difference. Hop in the Discord. Hopefully you can find some people there. Anything else, though? I'm sure there's so much more advice we could give them. That's pretty good. I think slow down a little bit if you can. Um, That's really the key to ranked, in all honesty. Getting the consistent gain is really about being patient. Yep. Last question today coming from T Prime. Hi, guys. Love the podcast. I've been playing since the game came out. I just listened to your Mastering the Legend Crypto, and it was a real eye-opener. I have been using him off and on since he came out and typically solo queue. I know you guys are against the solo queue. <laughs> it's easier for me since I only get on and play two to three games. I have made diamond the last three seasons by myself, one season with Fuse. I guess I just like to torture myself and would like to know who the best legend would be to solo queue ranked with. Keep up the great work and look forward to listening to more content. Man, that is a great question. Best legend to solo queue ranked with? I think my answer would go to, I I want, here's what I I want to say, play the support legend, play the defensive legend, and really lean into your team. But it's so hard to trust the random sometimes. And so I will lean towards that answer of get some mobility, get yourself the ability to bounce out of sticky situations with Octane if need be, so you can wrap for that RP if possible. Um, Maybe play Wraith so you have the queue to get out, but that's probably still not going to be a big one. Our answer to this used to be really easy because it used to just say play the recon legends yeah. and rack up the assists. But with the removal of that for Bloodhound, it's it's not as simple and straightforward as that currently. Yeah, it's tough because I'm really never going to recommend play Wraith and ditch your team, even if they're randoms. Um, I still look you ranked a lot as well. I'm loving Loba right now. I think she's incredible, and even though she's support, she's also pretty selfish with the bracelet, and just being able to get yourself a fully kitted R301 with that ultimate and never run out of ammo allows you to be a lot stronger of an individual while also helping your teammates. So I think she's a pretty good kind of in-between of helping but also being selfish and giving you what you actually need, and that's a weapon in this shooter. Um, Mm -hmm. But honestly... If you're playing solo, play whoever you're the best at. So if you really think that you're the best crypto, you should play that. I'm a Gibraltar Mm -hmm. main. I will solo queue Gibraltar. You do your best with what you got. And if all you got is solo, that's all I got to say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Play with whoever you're best at. It's a gun game first and foremost. So hit your shots and hopefully you'll have some success regardless of who you are playing. That's going to wrap up the show, though. Thank you so much to our producer of the Third Party 10, who supports us as a dropship captain on Patreon. Subscribe in Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify, leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. 
and check out our Discord via the link in the description. An awesome giveaway is going on there right now. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.